It's a great day to innovate. Hey everyone, welcome to the MD Plus Podcast. We're an international group of aspiring physician innovators, and we hope to cover everything surrounding healthcare innovation and transformation. From biotech to venture capital, from digital health to femtech, we bring you premier content and thought leader interviews from across the globe and across industries. I'm your host, Jeff Bacobo, one of MD Plus's executive team members. Let's kick off this episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Luke Vest, and I'm a fourth-year medical student. I'll be your host for the MD Plus Member Highlight Series, where I interview notable members of the community about their career paths and contributions to innovation in medicine. Today, I'll be speaking with Kaylee Yuen. Kaylee graduated from Stanford University with a degree in biology and went on to earn her medical degree from Keck School of Medicine of the University of Southern California. Kaylee has experience working in digital health startups and currently leads a product team at Accolade, which specializes in delivering products to frontline care teams. Enjoy the interview. So Kaylee, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, happy to be here. So I read your Medium article that was recently posted on the MD Plus blog, and I was really fascinated in your journey as an MD in clinical informatics. So today I wanted to explore that topic further so that other members of the MD Plus community can learn more about that. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, and I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed the article. So first of all, I'll just ask you to tell me about your background and what initially led you to pursue medicine. Yeah, happy to do that. So I uh, was born into a family with many doctors in it, including both of my parents. They're both dermatologists. Story for another time, my dad started as an ophthalmologist, And then after practicing for six years, did a second residency and became a dermatologist because of how great my mom's lifestyle seemed. Um, But that story aside, I grew up in a family of two doctors for parents, and I always sort of had it in my mind that I might do that as well. So entering college, I I was prepared to take the pre-med courses, but I, I wasn't totally decided on medicine at that time. And as I referenced in the article, I was also interested in computer science and technology applications to healthcare. And it was in my first job out of college that I actually decided that I really wanted to go to med school. But the reason I wanted to go to med school was so I could pursue clinical informatics, like the the folks that I worked with at my research group did. So it sounded like you took two gap years for medical school where you're working at the the VA in Palo Alto. So you were Mm -hmm. working as a a clinical research associate from what I read. And can you talk about what your activities were at that time? Yeah. So the group that I was working with was developing clinical decision support applications for the VA's electronic health record. Lots of you in the audience will probably know that as VISTA CPRS. And the system we were building was called Athena for Goddess of Wisdom. And it was meant to help physicians keep up to date with the latest evidence. So new hypertension guidelines would come out. We would encode those in what's called an ontology. So we would include the medication names, the different blood pressure values and things like that. So we had all these terms that were encoded that we could put together through a rules engine and output patient-specific recommendations based on what was in the electronic health record. And I thought that was a super interesting concept, being able to use technology to influence 
practice decisions for many doctors at a time with just a small group of folks building the applications. So that was something I was really interested in was how you're building these tools which end up affecting doctors, but you know, obviously doctors are affecting patients. So mm-hmm. you end up affecting a lot of patients downstream, which I thought was yeah. really interesting. So, yeah. you know, doctors get fulfillment out of sort of their, you know, interactions with patients, but it sounds like in your shoes, you you know that you're having a pretty large impact. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And not only were those tools useful for clinical decision support, so at point of care making decisions, we could also apply those same rules that we had built toward performance measurement or quality improvement. So post-talk, after the fact, we could look at treatment decisions that had been made and measure how closely they were adhering to guidelines. And now in this role, were you a programmer or were you speaking with clients about what they needed for the product? What kind of role were you playing? Yeah, I think I would say it's a mix of a project manager, a product manager. And then because I was interested, I also got to do some hands-on building of the ontology using a tool called Protégé, which I think is, is still used today. But project management, that was more, you know, keeping us on track, making sure that we were meeting our deliverables for grants, writing grants, writing manuscripts, that type of thing that I think a lot of you folks will will be very familiar with. And then product management, that was a bit more gathering requirements from the stakeholders, like different clinicians who we would be piloting the tools with, talking to experts, figuring out how to encode guidelines in a computable format. Practice guidelines aren't meant for computers to consume. They're meant for humans to consume. And there's a lot of kind of subjective pieces that are left for clinical judgment. So figuring out how to put that into a computable format was actually a lot of the work. And would you say that any of the skills that you brought from undergrad uh, were applicable in this role or were you just completely learning a ton of new things? It was a ton of new things. (laughs) Yeah, not a lot of my pre-med courses were applicable to that. And the computer science that I had taken actually wasn't super applicable either toward ontology building or clinical informatics specific technical work. Mm -hmm. And so my next question is, well, kind of obvious in your case, but uh, really the community is called MD Plus because each Mm -hmm. member is interested in bringing additional plus activities to incorporate into the practice of medicine. So what are your plus activities? So obviously Mm -hmm. it sounds like clinical informatics, but would Mm -hmm. you describe that in any other way or add any other activities to that? Yeah. So I would say my plus activities are all of my activities. (laughs) Um, I guess I'm just a plus. I actually did not go to residency. I note that in the article, but for those of you who might not have seen it, I chose not to go to residency. So I'm currently leading a product team at a company called Accolade. My team focuses on building products specifically for providers or healthcare provider adjacent folks as well, like health assistants, care coordinators, et cetera. So I would say, yeah, my my entire job is plus. You're really interesting because you were in this space where you were thinking, you know, do I want to go to residency or do, you know, I want to pursue clinical informatics right out of med school. And Mm -hmm. in participating in MD Plus, I've realized there is a a large group of students who feel that same way and they don't really have any examples of that to, to kind of go off of. So I think you explaining 
what you did uh, is really helpful to a lot of students who want to pursue these alternate routes. And so can you speak a little bit about that decision-making process of deciding whether to do residency or not? How long did it take you? Who did you talk to? Did you have a really hard time with that? Yeah, sure. So if you ask my parents, I'm still making the decision. They still think I can go back, but I'm not going to. As I mentioned earlier in our conversation, I had my first job out of college at VA Palo Alto, and through that was exposed to clinical informatics and this group of people who were MDs who were pursuing clinical informatics, mostly full-time, some still practice part-time. So I actually entered med school with this idea that I would eventually move toward pursuing clinical informatics full-time, but that I would still do residency and I would practice just so I could get that clinical expertise under my belt. During med school, I continued to get deeper into digital health. I got connected with a startup in the LA area called Aikido Labs. One of the co-founders was actually another med student from my same school who had been an engineer at Google for five years prior to med school. So he was actually the chief technology officer of that company. And through that experience, I got to learn a lot more about operating a startup and got exposed to new areas of health technology like interoperability, fire standards, lots of different data problems related to the electronic health record, and really expanded my view there. So it was then that I started to think, you know, maybe I don't have to go to residency at all. There's a lot of other work to be done in this area, and you don't necessarily have to be a clinical expert or someone with a ton of clinical expertise for all of these things. Certainly not being board certified and not being a real clinician does limit your options. And that's something that I talked to a lot of folks about as I was making this decision. So I, I did I did weigh that. I guess given that bit of uncertainty I had about would I be able to enjoy my work? Would I find it fulfilling? Would there be enough opportunity? Would I be marketable? In order to help answer those questions, I took some time off during med school and I worked full time at a different startup really built up my skills and my confidence and my own conviction that I could be happy working in digital health full-time without uh, clinical practice to supplement that. So that that was my journey. Um, I guess to sum it up, I, I first got the idea not to practice at all in first year. Then between third and fourth years, I took that gap and solidified the decision. And then when I started fourth year, I just went ahead and didn't apply to residency. So that's sort of the time frame. It, it took several years to really come to the full decision. That is a, a a really interesting story. And I really appreciate you explaining that. I think a lot of people are going to be really interested to hear that and use it as an example uh, of making their own decision, whether they want to do residency or pursue an alternate route. So again, thank mm-hmm. you for that. Sure. Now, the next question is, what actionable steps can someone take to get involved, or gain skills in your particular area, clinical informatics? Yeah, so for skill gaining, there's actually a lot of opportunity online to do courses, either uh, officially through a like online master's or online certificate. Some of those you have to pay for, and some of them are a bit pricey. While I was working at a startup during med school, I actually uh, did a biomedical informatics certificate program through Stanford during that time as well, which was incredibly useful for towards skill building. I was able to learn how to use R. I was able to expand my skill set with biomedical ontologies as well. 
but it was expensive and it was also very time consuming. So I don't think I would have been able to do that while uh, in medical school, um, especially given the unpredictable schedule during clinical rotations. In addition to that, I would recommend if you're a student looking for companies that interest you or missions that interest you and just reaching out to people who are involved with those organizations or those companies uh, to ask for ways to get involved. Just because there isn't something listed on the website or a particular role or opportunity publicly available doesn't mean that there isn't anything that you can do to start getting involved. And then lastly, I would say you could look at research opportunities at your institution or other institutions. There's a, there's a growing field in clinical informatics, and I, I think that's a good way to get involved in the field as well, sort of a more, more traditional uh, academic pathway. I myself am very interested in clinical informatics. I was able to work on transplant outcomes research during my time in undergrad and was able to look at large uh, data sets of kidney transplant patients looking at their outcomes on metformin and other medications. So that was kind of my first exposure to big data within the healthcare mm -hmm. space. And, and since yeah. then, you know, I've been super interested. So it was really interesting to hear you, you know, going out and turning this into a career, which I was really excited to hear about. I was also really interested to hear you say that just because something's not online doesn't mean you can't participate. Mm -hmm. So there yeah. was a, a recent panel of med students in venture capital, and they were describing how to break into it. And they said, just cold email, just like a mm -hmm. hundred people. And, you know, yeah. so, uh, most of them will say no, but some will say yes. So it sounds like you kind of agree with that idea. Yeah, I do. And I, I have personal success doing that as well. Cold messaging on LinkedIn, cold emailing or following some sort of trail, you know, finding someone who went to your undergrad, asking them for an intro, finding another med student who's involved with that company and saying, hey, I'm a med student too. How'd you get this role? How do you like it? Um, I think they're often more willing to, to talk. Um, so that actually, that worked for me. And that's how I got my role at the Human Diagnosis Project, uh, which is where I took my gap years during med school. So now I'll, I guess I'll just ask, what are your long-term career goals? Yeah, great question. Great question. I don't know if I have a particular job title or company or um, anything like that very clearly in mind for my long-term goals, but I do think in general, a problem that I care a lot about is physician burnout. And I think that technology can play a big role in either exacerbating or helping with that problem. So every role that I take, I try to figure out how to make technology a friend to physicians and how to bring physicians into the future way of practicing medicine, a way that helps us keep up with knowledge in a way that's not overwhelming, um, in a way that documentation is providing a return on investment rather than just being a burden. So I, I think I want to make a dent in that problem somehow. So that's something for my long-term career goals. And then another thing that I'd like to do later in my career is return to public service. After I graduated from med school, I did a presidential innovation fellowship for two years where I got to work at the VA again. But this time, instead of being at a regional office, I was at the VA central office working in the office of the chief technology officer and building clinical decision support tools at a greater scale. And I actually I really enjoyed being in that position being a public servant and being able to use my skills in that setting. So I, I think I, I'd like to return to public service later in my career. 
But at this point, I'm just getting experience in lots of different areas and, and figuring out where I want to go in the near term. So now I'll just kind of ask you a few questions specific to MD+. How have you participated in MD+, or how do you plan to get involved? Yeah, so I'm relatively new to the community, but enjoying it a lot so far. I'd like to participate in mentorship opportunities. So I've talked to a couple folks who are on the on the board of MD+, and they let me know that they're trying to set up a more formal mentorship program. So I, I'd love to be involved with that. In addition, since I posted my intro and my article on the Slack channel, I've actually gotten a good amount of inbounds from curious med students. So I'm kind of taking mentorship on a one-off basis, as well as in some small groups. That is awesome. I, I'm sure everybody is going to benefit greatly from your wisdom. I know I am. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, next, what other websites, communities, forums, newsletters, podcasts do you use to keep up with your areas of interest as well as innovation in medicine? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a couple. And to be honest, I could be better at doing this. It's actually one of my New Year's resolutions to get a little bit better at keeping up with the field. I've actually blocked off 30 minutes on my calendar every day for just keeping up with news in the area. Uh, but some of some of the media that I frequent, uh, Fierce Healthcare, I try to look at that every day. AMIA, American Medical Informatics Association, I, I subscribe to a lot of their newsletters and try to keep up with that. LinkedIn is actually another very good source of news, um, given my network and the types of people that I'm connected to. The things that they're sharing tend to be things that are of interest and, you know, what's what's new and and interesting. And I like to rely on their expertise to kind of point me in the right direction. Podcast wise, I like to listen to Radio Advisory, the weekly podcast by the advisory board. And then lastly, I try to keep up with more medicine-related news through JAMA. I get mailed the paper copies of it, and they're just building up and building up, and they sort of terrorize me. But I try to at least read the, the headlines. Yeah, uh, the paper copies, they can build up fast. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I got like two of them through my school, and then I was like, okay, I, how do I get this on email? Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, I, I'm not even sure the emails come anymore and not sure I noticed. So, uh, well, how can listeners contact you for more information? Yeah, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or if you're part of MD Plus, um, I'm in the Slack group. So feel free to, to DM me on there as well. Kaylee, uh, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. <laughs>